The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of hope. Well, hello, everybody. I'm so happy to be talking to all of you. It's the first time I've sat down all day. Many of you know that every year Ty and I take the messages of hope on the road for five to six months. This year it's five months and we have every day planned out thanks to St. Ty doing all the logistics in advance. We're going to be doing some events on the road and visiting friends all across the country and I'm so excited and in fact I'll let you in on a secret. The show is not exactly live today. We're pre-recording the day before because the day of the show We are actually getting underway on that trip, and I'm so excited, and I just didn't want to rush tomorrow. I want to give my beautiful guests my full attention. I've been running around till now packing our big bus, which is out in the driveway, so yay, I get to sit down and now dive into a beautiful topic, wholeness. Why are we talking about this on Messages of Hope? You'll find out in a few minutes, but let me first introduce my two guests, a mother and daughter team. The mom is Linda Martella Whitsett. She is a beautiful woman who I have had the lovely pleasure of interacting with at least twice in the past through my connections with Unity. We'll talk about that in a minute. And her beautiful daughter, Alicia Whitsett, who co-authored their new book. So we'll talk about the book. We'll talk about wholeness. But let me let you both say hi to everybody first. Well, this is Linda, and I'm so grateful for the chance to be with you, for your listeners and viewers to uh, have a chance to talk about one of my favorite subjects. Great. And Alicia, have you been doing a bunch of interviews uh, with your mother and are an old hat at this now? You know, I, I don't think I'm ever going to feel like it's it's something that I just do. Uh, every experience is different, but I'm so excited to be here. Super. I just can't wait to hear all the the ins and outs of how you came to do this together. But I I do want to give a little background on both of you. Linda is the vice president of Unity Prayer Ministry, which includes Silent Unity. And I've had the chance to visit that beautiful facility at Unity World Headquarters in Lee Summit, Missouri. And it's just what a beautiful service you all provide there. Linda was also the the Senior Minister, I hope I'm saying that right, at Unity of San Antonio, and I got to sit in 
on one of her services. And then we had a couple meals together, just so impressed with her peace or serenity. And most of all, Linda, with your the one book that really grabbed me, How to Pray Without Talking to God. So we may or may not get to talk about that today. But so many people ask me, you know, how do I get do affirmative prayer instead of supplicative prayer as if asking for favors? And I always say, you've got to read this book by Linda Martella Witset, How to Pray Without Talking to God. Now, Alicia, you're a first-time author, but Certainly, with your mom, you must be a longtime student of Unity teachings. Will you tell me about, were you raised completely in Unity speak? Yes. I mean, from the time I was five years old, that was when we started attending Unity. So it's really my only experience uh, with with religion. And um, I'm pretty grateful for that. I think it shaped my worldview in a way that is certainly different from some of my peers. And growing up, that was tough. But, um, wow, I'm so grateful for it now. Boy, I'm actually envious, and I'm not saying anything negative about other religions, but I just so resonate with Unity's principles, and I just wonder how my life would be different if I had been raised in it like you were. So, wow, that's great. So I mentioned at the beginning, why are we talking about your new book on Messages of Hope? The book is called This Life is Yours. Discover your power, claim your wholeness, and heal your life. Well, just the first sentence on the back cover shows why I wanted to have you both on my show. It says, this is a book about healing your whole self, a book about becoming conscious and discovering the eternal and unbreakable you. And Linda and Alicia, so many of our listeners come to this show because they're seeking hope, having had a a transition in their family, somebody they love dearly, and they're seeking answers. So just let's just start right there. Whoever wants to go first, we'll, we'll ask Linda first and then have Alicia pipe in. How could your book help those who have suffered the, the death of a loved one? Well, we actually have one of the critical stories in this book. At the end of the book, we have a few profiles of dear friends who have, who have really practiced these principles and one of them, it was due to the death of her beloved. And um, so that's just one, you know, one way that it could be useful. But what we see is healing is, is not about just some, you know, not just about a physical condition or anything like that. It's really anything that we're grappling with, anything that feels um, like we might have a wound. I mean, we speak that uh, our message is that, there really can be nothing missing, wrong, or broken about you, but it doesn't always feel that way. And certainly any kind of loss, especially the loss of a beloved, um, can feel like a big hole in your life. And what we teach are, are ways that we can refill that hole, you know what I mean? That we can, we can see ourselves in a new framework, and we can realize that we're never, ever separate. Yeah, anything to add to that? Beautiful comment by your mom, Alicia. Yeah, I, I would say that, you know, the everything that, that we have written in this book, it's reinforcing wholeness. It's not, um, it's not about searching for wholeness. Wholeness is our original state. Uh, we're never separate from that. So I think when people are dealing with grief and challenging times, it's really easy to forget that. So this is our gentle reminder <laughs> that we have these capabilities within us and that we are not only human, 
exactly. So I want to dive into that later, but let's just back up a little bit to how you two came to write a book together. Linda, you actually have another book, Audacity, Divine Audacity, Dare to be the Light of the World, and it's written with your, your very typical just heart-to-heart style that really speaks to me. I love your writing. But Alicia, first-time author, how did you come about writing this book with your mother? My goodness. Well, she was getting ready to, um, to work on this proposal for this third book, one day we were just sitting down and she was sharing with me all of her ideas and I just was so excited. I, I felt like I had something to contribute, but it was more out of the, the joy of, of helping her with this book. And then she said, do you want to write it with me? Yeah. So that's really how it, how it came to be. So I'd, I'd love to know how you actually did it. I've never written a book with somebody else. So did one of you write one chapter, one write the other, or, how, or together? How did that work? I mean, it's pretty woven in there naturally. And, and we've even had people, friends, and even my brother, who said they couldn't really necessarily tell who was writing what unless it pertained to our personal stories. Um, yeah, that's that's why say, I'm asking because I know, couldn't tell. Yeah, I couldn't tell. it was yeah. it was challenging to be like, how do we make this one voice but still have have both of our viewpoints in here? And I mean, Mom, you can share on that, but I I feel like we just we were very in sync throughout this process. Not saying that it was easy to do, <laughs> but we were very in sync with what we wanted this book to be about. I know for me, uh, you know, we were conceptualizing at first, and like you, uh, Suzanne, I, I had never had the experience of, of co-authoring uh, a whole book. Um, so initially, our messages were pretty defined. I mean, we each wrote about what was our strongest sense of knowing. You know, we took different topics and we started writing. When we went to put them together, you know, our editor really helped us because we were we were we were looking at well, Alicia says this, and then Alicia would write, and then Linda says that, and uh, you know, we kind of resisted the the editors suggesting that there's just we could we can make this one voice, and uh, converting some of our stories into third person really felt counterintuitive to us. It didn't feel right, but I'll tell you what, when when we read the finished project, we were so inspired that's well you know what's that it's you two are modeling how two parts come together to make one whole seamlessly so it's it's beautiful so let's just start at the very beginning for those who may be new on this path and that's what happens a lot when we have a, a a loved one pass, all of a sudden we're interested in metaphysical things. That meaning beyond, meta means beyond physical, the physical. And when we start talking about wholeness in our eternal self, that's quite metaphysical. So Alicia, would you define wholeness for us? Yeah, so wholeness, uh, you know, like I said earlier, it's our original state. So that's something that that's never going to be separated from us, but that we need those reminders uh, to to bring us back to to what we are, to what we naturally are. Um, and we we also it's it's intertwined with healing, so we have definitions for healing and wholeness together. Um, but our overall theme is just that we are both human and divine, 
Um, and, and that's what that wholeness is, is the intertwining of those two. Human and divine. That's that's beautiful. And Linda, as I was listening to Alicia, I always try to listen from my listeners' viewpoint, and I could hear some of them saying, but I'm just me. How could there be something more than just me? Well, anyone who has been who's been in touch with you, Suzanne, anyone who is reaching out from, you know, from a place of their human condition, which, in, you know, when they're reaching out in a state of, of uh, grief or loss is a condition that is painful, right? But when we mm-hmm. reach out to to some, you're already reaching out to something you think is beyond you, but it's actually the you of you. You know, it's the it's the real of you. It's that part of you that has experienced yourself at some point in some mystical way as something greater than you thought. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the spiritual you. It's the, the noble you. It's the you with the highest ideals. It's the you that is really an irrepressible desire to live in high integrity. I mean, that's the you of you. That's your spiritual, intact, irrepressible wholeness. I love that because so many other, uh, well, religions speak about something that's beyond you, that's separate from you, that you have, that's why we don't, that's why your book of of prayer is about, you know, affirming rather than beseeching. The you of you, I would see that in my mind's eye with a capital Y on the first part mm-hmm, and a small mm-hmm. Y on the second part. Yeah. Yes. So if, if this, yes. this. And so how does wholeness tie into healing? Well, in our methodology, or let's just say the message that we promote is that healing is not something you have to strive for. It's not, you're not looking for, Alicia said it, you're not, you're not trying to reach some point. You're, it's, it's not a destination, right? That healing is awakening to the truth about you, that you're not only human. It's awakening to that reality that, that you are a spiritual being, and mm-hmm. that means that you are never powerless in your life because all that you can see that is true of spirit, of God, of the creative intelligence, of infinite love, whatever your title is for that, all that is, that, that it is the... It is a coming into understanding that I am that I am. I am that, that whatever I can describe that God to be, I call it Godness. Whatever I can describe that Godness to be, I am that. That's my true nature. And that's what healing is. It's like, oh, oh, I'm starting to understand that. That's Mm -hmm. when I'm healing. I get so excited. I could talk about this for hours because I didn't grow up thinking these things or feeling these things. And I, I know that some of these concepts are just so foreign to some people who will hear these for the first time. Awakening to the truth of who you are, not only human. Wow. It's like people, I would hope they would hear this and say, I want some of that. And it's already here. Can they get that, Alicia, from reading a book? Absolutely. What one of the things about this book is that we make it so accessible 
for everyone to, to start where they're at in their understanding and, and develop these concepts. So what does it mean to be whole? So whole encompasses all of your your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. So, so start where you are with your understanding, and then there are tools in here. There are um, affirmations. There are things to help you feel, build upon um, your practice and really make it individualized to you. Yeah, I want to talk a lot more about those affirmations in the second half because they really turn me on. I don't know how else to say it. I, was just, I have your book in my hand here, and I, and it's one of those things I could just pick up and just it's, yeah. read and dive into and dissolve into. It's like salve for the soul. So we'll talk more about that later. But when a lot of people heal, hear about healing, the first thing we think about is physical healing and I just had a dear friend pass yesterday and there was nothing could help her with um, ALS with Lou Gehrig's disease and what what percentage of this book Linda is about physical healing versus spiritual mental emotional or is it does it even matter to divide it up that way it, it, it doesn't there's no there's no distinguishing there's no distinguishing because we even write about pain in this book and we are very clear that pain is real, but it's not only, it doesn't only stem from something physical. Emotional pain is real pain. So uh, there's no, there's no go to this page or this chapter for physical, for physical mm-hmm. conditions and go to this chapter for, for other stuff. It's, uh. there's healing is an all encompassing whatever you might be perceiving to be missing, wrong, or broken about you or about something in your life, that's the point of your healing. That can be the point of your awakening. So, right? So, whatever it is, if it's up for you, if you're having feelings about it, if you're feeling like something might be missing, wrong, or broken, that's your point. So let's let's talk about that a minute more. I'll, we'll turn over to Alicia now. You, so most people do feel like there's something missing, or there's something wrong with them, or they have to fix something that's broken. Those are that's human thinking. Yet your message yeah. is very different, Alicia. Want to comment on that? Yeah, we, we we want to expand upon. You know, we're we're not just human. We're we're human and divine. And I think that that's going to be the hardest concept for people to grasp that don't have sort of that spiritual background in them or that they've been receiving these messages from society for the time that they were very little that something was missing wrong or broken about them. You know, you see it in, um, in ads, uh, to, you know, makeup ads and clothing. Um, it's, it's depicted in our culture that there is something with us that constantly needs to be fixed. So when you're getting those messages, it's hard to trust yourself to, to empower yourself to say, I am divine. I do have choices in this. I have choices on how I view myself through my condition. That's really the point. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you what, we, in, the, in the start of the second chapter, we really invite the readers to to explore where they have picked up the messages of their insufficiency. Mm. You know, where, 
what has what has your um what did what did your first your first family give to you as messages? Maybe they didn't even intend to, but what did you glean from your first family's culture? What did you glean from you know from your first uh, ventures into religion? What does your healthcare system tell you about your wholeness or lack of wholeness? Right? What is the world around you? What are the messages that you have picked up, the, the cultural collective consciousness um, that, that really emphasizes all that could go wrong and how many things there are to fix, the self-help mentality in the world around us? You know, just to, to, to tune into that, we can begin to, to think about, wow, I've really... You know, I really kind of swallowed this whole message of that that there's that I should be picking on myself. <laughs> there's always something wrong. <laughs> well, you know, that raises a really interesting question. I would like to have been a fly on the wall as you were writing this book because if your if your book encourages people to look at their childhood and look at their fam- look at your family dynamics, Alicia. Did this dig up any anything interesting for you that all of a sudden it's coming to the forefront and now how am I, how can I write about this if without talking to mom about it? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and, and I think honestly, in order to to co-author this book, we had to talk about it, and that was tough. We had things that had to come out, and and through that, we had our own healing. Um, of our relationship, but but it stems back to to family too. We're still having conversations as a family about our past as things start to just kind of come up. Um, we we all have a lot of feelings, and we all have our own experiences within similar things that happened. So that was really interesting to me. Um, you know, we talked a lot about. Uh, past trauma and and some of my past came up and and mom and I had to go there with each other and um, you know as she can explain to you her reaction to it and what she had to process was tough for me as well because I'm sitting here reliving my own past trauma but now I'm like oh I'm traumatizing my mother (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly um, we'll talk about that in the book about it but that that is interesting it airing was, these it things was really and... rough, but but even so, even just a simple thing like, um, you know, the being on the parent side of this with Alicia and then with our son Adrian, you know, you know, here you're, you're saying, oh, I would have loved to grow up in a unity environment, right? Well, yeah. my son, growing up in unity, he got the message that. That even in unity, that every the whole thing about church was that you're, they're trying to fix you, that that there's something wrong with you, you need to fix. And I was stunned hearing that from my adult son. I'm like, that's not at all what we taught. Wow. But that's the message <laughs> that he got. So interesting, wow. isn't it? I mean, so be gentle when you're when you're doing your review of your life, and and perhaps. The messages that you took were not the messages that were intended what for you. What a great point. So, yeah. so I'm trying to imagine being on the receiving end, Linda, of Alicia saying, this is how I perceive things. And the human nature is to get a little defensive and defend oh. why one acted or spoke that way. Um, 
are you so well versed in this that you were able to to at the same time as you might have felt defensive switch to wholeness? Oh, absolutely. I mean, of course, you know, I can't write about what I'm not practicing and what I don't really need to practice, right? So, uh, you know, it was a, it was a living, uh, we were in a living Petri dish there, Alicia and I, through the writing of this book. Yeah. We were, uh, and I was, I was having to, you know, feel my feelings. And, I mean, there were just some really painful moments of recognizing, you know, that I could not have kept my daughter safe from, some of the harms that she endured as a child that I didn't even know were happening at the time. And, Ouch. you know, parents, you'll relate to those parents. You'll relate to the fact that, you know, we're given this mythology that we're supposed to keep our children safe and, and to realize uh, that, that the points at which that just is not possible, where we can't, where they're going to have to suffer whatever they do and we can't protect them from their feelings. I thought it was just I couldn't, you know, protect them from disappointments. Well, I also couldn't protect them from uh, physical harm and emotional harm that others might give them. I couldn't be with her 24-7. And and if she didn't talk about it or if I didn't get her, you know, sometimes not clear messages, then I missed them. I missed them. And, and to hear about that as an adult and how my daughter suffered is just heart-wrenchingly painful. And yet... a, a an incredible healing to come to see, you know, that she's not been diminished by her troubles, that she is stronger because of them. Not not automatically, yeah. <laughs> because no. She's, no. she's been her healing work, because she's healing her life. That's right. got to be but very I empowering, Alicia. Yeah, I, I do attribute that to being raised in unity, though, because I think my message is that I've always been aware of things that I perceived were missing, wrong, or broken about me, right? I'm always aware of that. I'm, I'm highly in tune with, with that um, kind of self-acknowledging of what's going on with me, but never let that be my story. And sometimes that's to my detriment because sometimes I didn't reach out and get the help that I needed because I, I always felt like this is a temporary situation. Anything I'm going through is temporary. This is not my permanent state. And I got that through unity. So, um, <laughs> you know, I've had a lot, of, a lot of things happen and having major health challenges that happened in my early 30s, not easy, but I still live my life so that people see me, the whole me, that they don't just see this one aspect for its challenges. All right, I'm going to have to interrupt you as we slide into a break here, but this isn't this what everybody is seeking to find the whole part of ourselves. We'll come back after the break and really dive into more of what your book deals with and wholeness. See you in a few. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. 
Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Welcome back, everybody. We're sitting here having a wonderful conversation with Linda and Alicia Whitsett about wholeness, about their new book, This Life is Yours. Discover your power, claim your wholeness, and heal your life. Well, ladies, you did a great job of helping us understand what wholeness is and how healing works, but let's make it more practical now, and that's what your book is all about. How do people have the, first of all, before we get into the tools, I've found that you can read about wholeness, you can read and talk about our innate divinity, but can your, how does your book help us have the personal experience of our divinity? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we really talk about what, what the, the co-founder of Unity, Charles Fillmore, actually defined as the pivotal power, the pivotal consciousness of our mind. That just means that uh, our minds are very powerful and that we can learn how to master our own thoughts. We can learn how to pay attention to what our uh, self-messages are and then we can literally change them to a more, a more true message, a message that, of, of where we want to be in the way we're thinking about our life. Uh, and one of the things that really is important is to distinguish between feelings and thoughts, right? Because we're never advocating that that anyone deny the feelings that you're having, right? That that's that, that's part of our message system. Um, what do we say about feelings, Alicia? <laughs> right. So the the feelings are are the indicators, you know, when something is coming up for you that you need to pay attention to whether that's a, a, a feeling about your physical state or your mental state, the feelings are what helps you recognize um, what aspect of wholeness you do perceive to be missing or wrong or broken. I um, love so that really word. Powerful. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. that they're you just indicators. You know, yeah, people, they're indicators. People... Yeah, people feel something that's a negative feeling as we label it, and they run away from it instead of saying, ah, this is an indicator. (laughs) That's right. They're not directors. So we don't, you know, feelings are not leaders. (laughs) They're, they're They're just messages to us. They're just telling us some information. Um, But they do not direct. They're not meant to direct the course of action that we take after. But we must feel them. In our book, we we really approach it uh, so different from some of the early metaphysicians that really just told you to, you know, to buck up and get turned right to truth. Well, we, we believe the pathway to truth is to really honor your wholeness and your human feelings are part of your wholeness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. your feelings, honor them. Do the ritual that you do of lighting your candle or getting on your knees or right or crying or whatever you have you do in order to honor the the human feelings that you're having. 
but then you just don't take your next step based on that. Now you deal with what are the thoughts I'm having about the way I'm feeling and about what's going on with me, and let me turn my mind to, you know, where is wholeness in this, and where, what, what would it mean if I were to see my see what's going on with me in the framework of wholeness. Let me realize that nothing can be missing when we're broken, and if that's the case, then let me find what, where is my power right now. You know, what am I powerful about? What am I able, let's say it that way, what is my capacity? Mm-hmm. What am I able to do constructively? You know, and then I start to veer in the direction of my powers, which in unity we call them spiritual powers. Um, Alicia, we begin to learn about that. Alicia, you, the 12 powers, would that be the same ones that are on the little statues at the grounds of Unity World Headquarters? Yep, it's the same 12 powers. <laughs> and I'm not well versed in them, and this is really not a show to to convert people to unity, although it may sound like that. But, I've, you know, if you have something that works, use it. So <laughs> it, how do you focus, Alicia, on these 12 powers in the book? Well, so we have one of my, I would say it probably is my favorite chapter in the entire book, is the chapter dedicated to our spiritual capacities. So that in unity, that's our, our 12 powers. Um, we have stories, not just from us, but from others who inspire us to help kind of explain the aspects of all of these powers and how we naturally have these within us, but how we can utilize them to be living our full full and, and intentional lives. Um, so, you know, just, just an example, the power of understanding. Uh, and the aspects of these are documented pretty well in my mom's second book, uh, Divine Audacity, as well. Um, but understanding, so the different aspects of that, comprehension, insight, and realization. And then we lay out what that looks like through a story. So it, it's really relatable, and I think people can put themselves in in these stories or at least be able to understand them easily. Okay, so a power, and you're calling it a spiritual capacity. I'd love if you could dive in a little, either one of the, you, into what that is. Because we hear understanding, and I understand what understanding is, but how does that become a spiritual capacity? Ah, yeah, well, we, we know mentally, we all have an idea of what understanding is. It means like, oh, I didn't, now I get what that means, <laughs> right? So spiritual understanding just lifts us up to the highest. So what is it I'm interested in? I'm interested in knowing more about my spiritual nature, about the truth of my being, and therefore what's possible for me beyond what I think of as just my human capacity, right? And then, so now I'm looking for what we call spiritual realization. And what is that? That's, That's this mystical... I, I call it mystical because what words do we have for that part of us that is not, it's not obvious, it's not physical. It's not the physical of us. <laughs> you know, ah. your listeners kind of get that. But it's that part of us that's, it's, it's where I have this sudden inspirational thought about myself. Like, oh, I'm not, I'm not helpless. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually 
capable <laughs> or, you know, oh, I've been thinking that, you know, that I'm sick, but maybe I'm not sick. Maybe my very body is doing its perfect work right now, meaning that my body is well. If it's having reactions or if I'm having that fever, it's for, it's for the healing of the body. My body is very wide. My, and let me, let me tune into that. Let me tune into, you know, where the good is happening. Um, where, you know, let me see myself in a broader way. That spiritual understanding, it could be what we call the still small voice of God, right? That, mm-hmm. that, that, that's usually a wordless sort of strong knowing. All of a sudden, I feel lighter and I feel able to do what I couldn't do yesterday. Um, it feels like grace or it feels like an uplift. I mean, these come when we practice a spiritual capacity that we, we turn our attention to uh, an affirmative truth about us, like that I am capable of seeing my divine nature. I am capable of claiming a divine identity. And then if I continue to focus on that mentally, that I begin to find the compatibility the compatible behaviors that support that. That's the power of affirmation. Yeah. Transformation through affirmation. So you, I love Linda, how you said you practice a spiritual capacity. So is the practice the same for each of the 12 powers in this book or do you turn them around? Were you inspired to have different practices for each of them? Well, each of the powers, as we, as I instructed in, in Divine Audacity, we bring them into this book in, um, you know, just so that we can see what is the application of each power for healing, mm-hmm. in particular when we're, when we're healing. And so, but each power has three aspects to it. And so there are all kinds of different ways you could practice any one of those. Um, but we also have a whole chapter just on daily practices. Mm. That's where it's really juicy for people because, you know, I think Alicia can really set this up for, for listeners about why these are so important. I really want to hear that, Alicia. Take it away. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. When, you know, I I think back, I mean, I can only relate it to my own experience, but uh, in terms of, of uh, dealing with illness, you know, uh, when it's when it's chronic or when it's perceived to be this ongoing thing that you have to deal with every day, how do you find your power within that circumstance, and how do you how do you interrupt the feelings of this of this ongoing thing in your body? So yeah. in this chapter, yeah, in this chapter we talk about the importance of of 15 minutes. What 15 minutes can do mm. to break up that that negative or repetitive um, thought process that something is missing or wrong, right? So these practices, they're so simple. Uh, We have an A to Z guide of practices, and these are just our ideas. We know there are more out there. Um, But what's really great about this chapter is we want readers to feel empowered to not only choose and explore for themselves, but to understand that they don't need any other resources to, to do this, to, 
to make this an intentional daily practice. You don't need to go purchase anything. You don't need to um, necessarily go anywhere to do these things. And it's 15 minutes a day. And it really, it really works. It's really powerful. It changes your vibration. It changes how you see yourself in your circumstance. And for me, I would go back and be like, well, I always notice pain in my body. The pain is always here, right? <laughs> but mm -hmm. when I am taking 15 minutes to, to go out in nature and just do grounding work, just put my feet on the grass or listen to the rain, I'm not thinking about the pain in my body. Mm -hmm. So it feels to me that as you do these practices, as anyone would do them, this becomes a habit. Yes. And, and, and I'm going to say just one more thing about that, that what happens is when we, when we do that 15 minutes, we're, we're interrupting, we're cutting off, as Alicia said, um, our connection to the, what has become probably a habitual thought process a feeling like that this thing that, that, that I'm dealing with in my life is consuming, well, now I'm actually um, devoting time and attention on, on my wholeness, on the truth, on, on feeling, at my, at feeling a state of well-being to the best of my ability to do that. And what happens is, you know, it's not just a mental thing or an emotional thing. It's physiological. Mm. I mean, the feel-good chemicals in your body they they step up production and and flow to all of your body temples. So your body, mind, spirit is bathed now in in well being, and and that is no small thing. And the repetition of that day after day after day builds a body of well being, and, wow. and not just a physical body of well being. And we were talking at the beginning of the show about how this could benefit people who are grieving, and certainly I can see that here, that being just one aspect of healing that people can, can use. Hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I think I we, mean, we to thought about it. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Yay. <laughs> I was going to say, I will say, to focus on divine love, for example, and, and love is so often thought about as, you know, a good feeling. Um, but, and, of course, we say, I love my loved one, right, that loved one who has made a transition. Um, but divine love as a power is the unifying power. So one of the ways that someone who is grieving could take any one of those practices in the alphabet that we propose, and you can, you can um, study that power of the unifying power of divine love. You can read about it in the book, and then you can have the, the affirmations of that, I am one with my loved one forever. There is no separation. I can never be apart. And the love that we have is the love that we are even now. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of messages begin to, to flow in to, to fill us with a real sense of, of the reality of our unity with our loved one. Uh, and that happens through that practice and through that affirmative um, daily recitation as well. Yeah. I, Alicia, do you have a favorite of the A to Zs? I'm leafing through them in the book now, and it's I just love these kinds of things because they really are active things you can do and beneficial immediately. So what's your favorite? 
Um, my favorite is definitely the the earthing, uh, earthing and grounding, what, because I liked that. We, you can think about, you know, again, if you're if you're somebody who can't get out of their bed or can't go into nature, that there's still a way to to bring this nature to you, you know, um, rocks or or leaves or even just standing in the shower, you know, getting getting the water, the benefits of water. Um, so that was a huge one for me. I do take 15 minutes daily just to stand on my patio and kind of just listen, listen to the quiet um, or listen to the birds, whatever's going on. Um, but also a huge one for me has just been the breathing, doing the breath work and focusing on, you know, uh, mom was kind of in par with what I was going to say. We, we went back and forth on the placement of these two chapters and we put the powers in first before the intentional practice. And I think it really works um, so beautifully together because you can bring those powers once you have an understanding of those aspects into this intentional practice and, and really mm -hmm. focus on, you know, breathing in the power of love, that mm -hmm. harmonizing, um, mm -hmm. you know, you're mm -hmm. really bringing that in. And that only enhances the feel-good chemicals. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. Well, the very first spiritual practice in your A to Z, that being A, of course, is affirmation. And the this, you know, I was, I have a book, Conquer Your Cravings, that I wrote in 1997, and affirmations were huge for me then. The same type of thing of, of dealing with and interrupting thoughts that aren't beneficial. And I, to me, at that time, an affirmation was just one succinct, short phrase, affirmative. And very powerful, but the affirmations in your book read like poetry. Linda, would you address your concept of affirmations and how they're used here? Oh, yes. I know affirmations are a dime a dozen, right? That people who write about them and who, uh, you know, they've been so popularized that even uh, there was that those skits on um, Saturday Night Live that were so funny, um, you know, kind of. You know, speaking to sort of the schmaltzy side uh, of affirmations. But what I'll say is that when we teach affirmations, they are not just feel-good thoughts. That that in our discipline, affirmations are statements of what is true. They're not predictive. They're not, you know, they're not taking me out of my present experience and saying, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say what's the truth about me that I can't relate to right now. No, mm -hmm. we're not, we're not, we don't do that. We don't jump the jump. You know, we don't jump ahead. Um, we find what is true right here and now, right in the middle of what I'm going through. What is the truth that I can anchor for my day? Uh, and that is a very different thing. They have to be accessible so ultimate truth might be, I am whole and well. You know, ultimately, that's mm -hmm. really true. But when I'm in bed with a fever and I'm, you know, sneezing and my throat's raw and I'm shivery, it's, it doesn't make sense to my mind or to my body for me to say, I am whole and well. It's, it might be ultimate truth, but it's not accessible truth, mm -hmm. right? So I'm looking for what's true right now that I can believe and that I can then feel inspired by. So I could say, 
right now, every cell in my body is thrumming with life. Hmm. And life is what is happening here. And so that healing, streaming, magnificent, um, supportive life energy is what is flowing. And I'm focused on that. I can believe that. Hmm. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. And, and the, these affirmations are, some of them are a whole page long. So I doubt you're expecting people to memorize them, but just reading them fills one with this, this awareness of wholeness. It's, it's, it's a very spiritual experience just reading them. Alicia, do you have a do you favorite? Have one that you like? <laughs> do I have one that I like? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, the affirmation to honor feelings. Do you all have the book in front of you or would you like me to read it? I do. Mm-hmm. Would you? I've got it. I've got it open right now. You read it then. <laughs> it's it's the one I have earmarked as well. No. Uh-huh. All right. So, everyone just listen. Take this in for yourself. Repeat it to yourself if you'd like. This affirmation to honor feelings. I believe in a benevolent universe where it is safe for me to feel what I feel. I never need fear my feelings, for my feelings are messengers. They reveal to me what I know is important, but what I have been hesitant to admit. I allow my feelings, knowing they come and go naturally, fleetingly. They are unreasonable. I cannot control them or time them appropriately. But I need not be afraid of my feelings. By means of them, I come to know myself, my whole magnificent self. Feelings, I respect you. And right now we all give a collective, ah, where can I get that? I want some of that. And and it is possible. How, Alicia, how do we make this just part of our lives? Well, to, to get the book? No, just just to just, you know, it's one thing to read a book, but how do how does it become our way of being? Hmm. I it's again, it's through that that daily intentional practice and and the gentle reminders. Uh, you know, I think I think that's what it is. Is we're we're highly critical of ourselves when we appear that we've fallen off somehow. We've fallen off the path, you know. And and I think that the the ultimate goal of this book is to remind you that there's no path that you've fallen off of. This is this is a repeated practice. This is something that you're going to be doing and learning and evolving in, right? So uh, to just have that patience, grace with yourself is so important and so vital right now in our in our current culture. Um, just to do what you can, do what is possible for mm-hmm. you, and don't mm-hmm. worry about what everyone else is doing. Wonderful advice. Well, you're so she's so right on about that. I mean, mm-hmm. this, this, that's the thing about this. The, our messages is that. You know, we're to be gentle with ourselves and just, just go, you know, just learn, just learn what is it I need. And just, and, and our, our book is constantly reminding 
uh, readers to, you know, start where you are and be okay with where you are, that there's no place you have to get to, really. Um, and one of the things that, that, that could be very powerful is to study this book with a group of friends, you know, to get together and, and read it and read each other the affirmations and, you know, talk about how you're applying them. There's great power in that, in that um, you know, shared messaging um, we even have a study guide on uh, the website that, that could guide a group through each chapter of this book. Um, but anything you can do to give attention to it every day is going to build um, build your sense your sense of your of your knowing your wholeness. Beautiful. I'm certainly motivated. We have just two minutes left. Um, would one of you read the affirmation for life that's on page 93? It just feels like a great way to close this out. Mm-hmm. You can do it in a minute. You have it, Lisha? <laughs> I'm trying to get back to it. <laughs> page 93. Page 93. Oh, here we go. Okay. Affirmation for life. I am in tune with the animating power of life. Every part of me, material and spiritual, is thrumming with life. I feel for flowing, pulsing, thrilling ideas, and I give life to them. I am running in life-producing, life-sustaining, and life-enhancing circles. Everything I give life to lives. I am a vital presence. The life I am contributes, blesses, encourages, inspires yay you see this is the kind of food we all need daily not the the what we're so inundated with elsewise so i thank you both so much for what you've blessed us with with these tools these practices this book and the energy that you put into it Mm. it's our pleasure and i will you let you'll let listeners know where they can find the book why don't you tell us real quick? <laughs> well, you can find it on all the booksellers online for sure, um, and in different forms. It's also an audio book and ebook. But you can also find it at uh, the website youardivine.com. That's the letter U, the letter R, dash divine.com. And that is most definitely the main message of the book, and you two did have blessed us by sharing that message with us today so we're out of time but thank you so much Linda and Alicia and everybody else go out and apply these tools and have a wonderful week we'll see you back here next week thank you for listening this is Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. 
Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.